First, we're going to review what we did last time. Chapter 1. The first thing that the Nesiva Shalom taught us is that we are not just a guf. We have a ruach, a nefesh, and a neshama. And people are mechanech the guf. They're mechanech the person, the physical person, like a, like a, a secular child, like a guy, has chinuch to be a human, a human being, to behave properly. But we fail to address, to be mechanech, the nefesh ruach of the neshama, of a Yiddish kind, which is totally different. And therefore, it's mamish in a way the opposite. Because just like you can go to exercise and you can jump and you can get muscles and you can work out and do all of that, you understand that doesn't make a person have fine midos. So too, the regular education system of sitting and behaving and all of that, if the person inside is not connecting to the Rebbe, to the teacher, to get the flow of energy, which he's going to teach us how to do, by the way, then the person can be what he calls mefager ruchni, stunted, retarded, in nefesh, ruach neshama. And that's because the parents or the teachers didn't even try to be mechanach the kid because nobody taught them that that's what we need to do. So regular education is not about giving over material and information or teaching a person to sit and stand and all of that. We have to do that. That's the guf. But there's a nefesh. You have to train and educate the nefesh hayeled. You have to train and educate the ruach of the yelled and the neshama, the chelik al Otherwise, those things are two years old, four years old. They were never educated. And therefore, says the Nesiv Shalom, you'll find that there are teachers or parents that think that, wow, we are great educators. Everybody's behaving. Everybody takes the bath on time. Everybody's sitting in the classroom on time. He says, really, they're not educators at all. They're just policemen. They're wonderful policemen, but they're not educators. And he says, of course, the introduction, before you actually are mechanich, there is an element of being a policeman, to have order. But that's not where it ends. A lot of people think, I'm done. I did my chinuch. Everyone came home, they put their stuff away, they put their stuff in the laundry, we processed them, they went to bed, we, we said, don't do this, do this, do that, da, 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 I'm done. He says, no, 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 that's just policemen. The real chinuch is on the nefesh ruach and the neshama of the child. And he says, therefore, there are rabbeim that have great reputations because everybody in their classroom behaves properly. Or you have institutions that are ideal. Everybody wants their, their, their kid to go there. He said the chinuch ideal, ideal institution. Because everybody says, wow, what, that place is run well. He says, meanwhile, all they're doing is the policeman part of parenting, of educating, of teaching. And they're not being mechanach, the ruach, the nefesh ruach, and the neshama. Because he says, chinuch amiti, real chinuch, enoi lahachriach is not to pressure the child, lehisnaig, to, to behave properly. But rather to bring him that one day he should want to behave properly. You can force someone to keep Shabbos, but you're not making them want to keep Shabbos. That's a totally different chinuch. That's real education. And then he brought out another point, which is amazing. How did Yaakov reach Achiv, the Brudeshaft, the Brider, the brother in Esav? And he said that was the trick. There was a brother inside Esav Arasha, and that was covered up with klipas. And Yaakov Avinu needed to reach that nakuda, that you're my brother, don't kill me. How did he do it? That's what the Chumash is telling us. And he went ahead and he bowed to him until he reached Ad Ochiv. He reached the part of Esav that realized this is my brother. Taka, when he kissed him, Esav really meant, actually had love for him. 
Halach is kama v'kama, he says. When we're dealing with a, a Jewish child, that we realize it's not an Esav, it's a Jewish child. Anything that they're doing that's chutzpedik and bad behavior is just klipas that are surrounding them. And how do you get through the klipas and reach the love? You follow what Yaakov did. Then he said that we have to remember that we're working with diamonds. If you have to, you have to believe in the child. You have to have emuna that this is a chelak elakami mal mamish that it's a diamond. That's a very very big nekuda. People say we have to make them from. They're from. We have to take away the klipa around them. We have to make them good. They're good. We're not actually making them good. They are diamonds. That's what we have to believe. Every single kid, as he says from the lecha that shekol yehudi. Who Every Jew is like a diamond. And even if it's in the sewage, you should never give up. Because all you need to do is lift it up, clean it off, it's going to shine and sparkle. A piece of wood falls in the sewer and it gets fafoiled, it gets be'etzem, it gets corrupted. But a diamond could stay in mud, in sewage, for a million years, it never changes the essence. The essence of a yid is a mamish. The essence of our children is that they're good. No matter what schmutz that they fall into, we don't have to change them from ra to toiv. We have to figure out how to remove the schmutz. But then you'll see the shine, as we see all the time. We have the shine that comes back. That was what we did in chapter 1. Now we're going to do chapter 2. Reka hachinuch. Reka means the atmosphere, the environment necessary for proper Jewish education. I think just the title is already opening up my mind. Because we think chinuch just happens all the time. What do you mean? When do you do chinuch? All the time. How do you do chinuch? All the time. We heard last week from Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yantif Lipa Yisraelzan, a great grandson of Rabbi Yashiv. And he told over a beautiful story that he was to, he, when he was a kid, he was a little bit wild and a little bit out of the box, and he used to like taking pictures. So over Sukkot, he took a lot of pictures of his grandfather, Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal. And it wasn't famed, it wasn't so nice what he was doing. He was really quite, uh, Rabbi Yashiv would have preferred that he didn't take these pictures while he was reading the paper, and while he was sitting and drinking a coffee. And then he would send it to the papers, and they would put it everywhere. Rabbi Yashiv didn't say a word. A few months later, he was walking with his grandson, in Bnei Brak, Rabbi Asher lived in Shalim. He's in Bnei Brak with him. Nobody else is around. And he tells him, Lipa, not everything that you see you have to take pictures. And not everything you take pictures of needs to be published. Gave him a psaq. He gave him criticism. So Rabbi Lipa asked his grandfather. Rabbi Lipa then was a, a teenager. He, he asked Zaidi. He said, Zaidi, I, I hear you. I accept what you're saying. But why would you wait so long? Why didn't you tell me then? He said, Lipa, everything has its place and its time. Godless, even if you have to say something, but is now the right place? Is now the right time? Do I have to say something to this child in front of other kids, in front of other people? Maybe he'll feel embarrassed. Do I have to say it now, at the moment when I chap the kid? Maybe I'm angry. Do I have to chap the kid right now and he's not going to want to accept? I find, by the way, in Home Sweet Home, I had a very, very big secret. Anything they asked me that I wanted to say no to, I said, okay, but not next time. And they said, okay. They, when, when they wanted to do something, I wasn't going to get away with saying no. But I was able to hop all the other times in the future that they'll feel like, okay, I'm not against you, I understand you, I'm saying yes, but not next time. And they wouldn't ask me in the future again. So once they wanted it, is that the time to say no? You have to think about it. So that's what he's trying to say. The first chiddush, there is a rekka, there is an atmosphere and a backdrop 
in order for education to be done properly. Just like it's impossible to paint a picture. Anybody here? Any artists here? You're an artist, right? Any artists here? No? You have to have, you can't paint a picture unless you have the appropriate canvas. If you're going to go ahead and take any, any scene in the world, you'll make it on canvas, you'll make it on oil painting, or you'll use this kind of backdrop, or paper, or brown paper. It's all going to come out different. So the backdrop, before you even start painting, before we talk about the brush and the finishes and the colors, what are you painting on? Just like you can't paint a picture unless you have the appropriate canvas, so too it's impossible for you to have successful chinuch. You can't possibly produce good results to properly mold the spiritual dimensions of a child, the spiritual dimensions, we're not talking about sit in your seat and the, the physical, we're going back to the Ruchnias. If you don't prepare the proper atmosphere for the child to properly absorb proper education. Just like you can't paint a, a picture without the right canvas, you cannot possibly be matzliach and chinuch unless you have the right canvas, the right background. As everybody knows with plants, Just like everybody knows, how come there's no palm trees in Flatbush? By accident, no palm tree ever grew? Every plant has the own, its own atmosphere, the soil and the sun, the climate. Otherwise, it's not going to grow. Everyone has to have its own. It demands a specific avira, an atmosphere and a backdrop in order to be matzliach. So what are these backdrops that we, that we need to have? 